you know, I'd been in the industry for 20 odd years by then as well. So, so clearly you got experience there. Yeah. And that, and that was sort of my thing, you know, I've done management roles before and I'm thinking, well, what have, what have I done wrong or so wrong that my past 20 years of experience have, have led me to this and I've been tacked twice and it was just bizarre, you know, okay, now what? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Brown, and you're listening to the Every L Podcast. Each episode, we'll have a different guest come on and talk about when life hands you an L, is it really a loss or is it something else? Because not every L's a loss. So sit back, relax, or do whatever you guys do to get comfortable as we get into this. Let's go. Welcome. Thank you very much, Ian, for joining me today. It's quite all right, Matt. Always a pleasure. Oh, you're too kind. I'll pay you money later. <laughs> you made me say it. I know. <laughs> I'm so glad you can read the cues. Thank you very much. Stop um, holding those cards in front of yourself. Read I know. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this has been a podcast I've been waiting to get done for a little while and I figured, you know, who else would I want to get on there? And obviously you as well at the top of the list and because I just love our conversation. I think you have a lot to offer and a lot to share. And, you know, for those that don't know, Ian is a fantastic guy. He's a bit of a health freak at the minute, but for all the right reasons because it, it helps him. And I think all of us need to have that thing in our life that we do that, that just keeps us sane, keeps us grounded. And that's and that's his thing. He likes to run four and a half hours for who knows what reason. Because, boy, boy, try and get me to walk for four and a half hours, mate. Come on. But Ian's a top guy, fantastic individual, a completely genuine guy. So, yeah, please introduce yourself to everyone else outside of what I've just told about you being a fitness, fitness fanatic. Fine, okay. Hi, I'm Ian. Um, I am... I'm not a fitness fanatic. I don't count myself as that way. I do enjoy running. I do enjoy the silly end of running. So anything that's sort of marathon plus distance and into the ultra world. So I quite enjoy that. That's a fanatic. Uh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's an age thing. What else? Blimey. I do look after myself or try to due to that. I like trying new things. Started joking recently. So that's been going well. A dad of two children, not children anymore, sort of growing ups. And um, yeah, run my own business. Been doing that now for about eight to about nine years. Nice. It's going well. So, um, so yeah. And apart from that, possibly on the cusp of trying different stuff, but we will see where that goes. And now that you said that, that will forever be in the archives for you to come back and revisit to see if you actually followed through on that or not. So, <laughs> Yes, I've stumped myself there, haven't I? Mate, it is what it is. You put it out there. You never know. You might be manifesting it into life. So that's a beautiful thing. Got to be the way forward. So as you know, with this podcast, the whole point of this is to explore when life hands you what looks like an L, is it really an L or is it something else? And you seems like the idea of it. I'm quite proud of that fact. But I just think that when you sent over what you went to discuss, I did have a bit of a chuckle and it did 
pique my interest. And for those of you that are waiting to find out what the first L is that Ian would like to talk about, it is this, getting sacked twice. No, 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 not once, twice. Now, in my head, I'm thinking my guy walked in there, said something to the boss, they sacked him. And then he walked back in there for whatever reason. They sacked him again. Like I, I, That's how it painted the picture in my head. Clearly that probably isn't the case. I'm hoping that's not the case. But please tell me from the top, how did that play out? So what is the context of this situation? Okay, I would love to say I got sacked twice from the same job. But actually I was sacked twice, one job after another. Okay. And I had a little, and I left. So I was going through a bit of a period of life. I took a job, got sacked within me, seven months. Then I went and worked with someone else. And after two days, walked in their office and was like, this isn't happening. What are we going to do? Sort of left that one within the month. Took my next job and then was sacked within nine months. And at that point, I think I started to question what was going wrong with me, if I'm honest. Wow. You know, so- wow, this is not working out how I wanted it to be. So were they similar jobs or what, what What were they? All similar jobs. So I work within the print industry. So one was a production role. So I was running effectively the factory and I thought I was doing an all right job. Everyone else seemed to think I was doing an all right job. And the boss obviously didn't think so at some point. So that was a bit of a shame because I had moved. Find me, what had I moved? About 60 miles for that one as well. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. So you uprooted yourself? Yes. 60 miles yes for this job yes only lasted for how long (laughs) about seven months it's getting better isn't it it's getting better so yeah i don't know why because they never actually said and do you know what it's water under the bridge it is what it is and i look back on all of this and think it was a there was a reason and the reason was a good reason because yeah. I learned something, and that's how I look at anything. You know, It doesn't matter if I fail or it goes really well. Well, As long as you learn something along the way, then you're getting something out of it. And that might be a really harsh lesson, but if you're, as long as you notice the lesson, then it's got to be a good thing. So, yes, I was sacked from that one. <clears throat> I then literally walked outside, made a phone call to another company because they had contacted me a couple of times. Okay. And they wanted me to be their works manager. So basically run literally the whole factory, the whole thing, so the boss can step away. And I went there. I said, fine, oh, do you know what? We agreed terms there and then. And within, I think I was sacked on a Friday. I think by Monday morning, I was starting my new job. And I sat there for two days at my desk. And I just thought, this, is, this isn't going to work. The boss really didn't want to hand over control of his company to me. Because as bosses, sometimes that's what we do. We don't want other people to have control. And I think after about a week, we sat down and we had this discussion of, I don't think this is working. And that was more me than him. Ironically, this was also about 10 miles from where I'd previously lived. So I'd moved sort of back for work. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) And I promise I'm not making this up. Why would you make this up? That just is absolutely bizarre. <laughs> and then, so we had this discussion. I said, look, do you know what? Cover a month's money. If we're happy to do that, I'll see out the month and we call it a day, which we did. And then in the meantime, 
I applied and got another job, effectively running a shop floor. And that was back in Portsmouth. So I was back close to home, my new home. And I thought, cool, this is, you know, this one cannot go wrong. This would be a nice, not an easy role, but, you know, a challenging role. I can bed myself in and I can grow in this little bit. And, yeah, within probably eight months, called into the office again, thought, oh, I know this scenario, and was sacked there and then. So so how old were you at this point? <laughs> I was about 38. I was never, ever... Never ever been in that position before. I'd never, I'd never even thought about it before. In a, you know, I'd always been good at my job. Always taken quite a bit of pride in it. I always had good results. So, to basically be sacked twice and to find a role that just wasn't going to work, all within the period of you know a few months, it was really hard going. In uh, it really made me question myself. You know, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'd been in the industry for 20 odd years by then as well. So, so clearly you got experience there. Yeah. And that, and that was sort of my thing. You know, I've done management roles before and I'm thinking, well, what have, what have I done wrong or so wrong that my past 20 years of experience have, have led me to this? And I've been tacked twice and it was just bizarre, you know, okay, now what? And actually, off the back of that, I was encouraged then to start my own business, at which point I did, and I haven't looked back. That's that's good. So we'll touch on that in a bit. But in, in in that period of time, so you're in your late 30s. Yeah. Approaching your 20-year anniversary of being experienced in the printing industry. Yeah. And effectively, over those two years, you've had three jobs that just didn't kind of work out. And how was your head? Where was your head at that time? <laughs> Um, it being brutally honest, um, and this is possibly the only reason I can look back and think maybe that's why it didn't work. It didn't bother me at all. Interesting. You know, it's fine. If you don't want me around, I will happily go. Yes, I was bothered about being sacked because no one wants to go. Oh crap! I got sacked. Yeah. Who wants to turn up? Who wants to say to anyone, I'm not going to work tomorrow. Why not? You've got sacks to put in. Yeah. You know, we've all got bills to pay, things like that. So in one sense, it was, there was a real bit of bravado in me that went, fine, doesn't matter. It's fine. I can move on. I'll, I'll figure something out. And in the other side, it was like, blimey, what's wrong with me? Why, why has this happened? And why has it not only happened once, but twice? Yeah. In really short succession. And, and as I say, the only thing I can think is it was pointing me in a different direction of actually this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. But at the time, is that how you felt? No, at the time I thought this is all I know. And at that point, I thought, right, maybe it's time for me to leave the trade and go and do something different. And start off as a junior. And just start at the bottom again. And Yeah. So I actually looked at becoming a medical rep. Okay. Very different. Yeah. So in, in that in that space, and I'm interested to know, how is it that you could just have that nonchalant attitude where it's just like, I don't care? I think at that point of life, because of the way my life had gone, so previous to that, 
got divorced, moved out of the family home, obviously moved away from the kids and the, and the old family home. And I think I was just at that point where it didn't really matter. It didn't seem to matter that whatever got thrown at me, something worked out. And I maybe didn't even have enough in me just to fight that. I can be bothered. Yeah. I can remember the second time getting sacked. And I, as I say, I sat in the room and I knew it was coming. And I was really blasé about it. And they were trying to make up this sort of, you know, well, we really don't think it's working out. And I said, look, let's just cut to the chase. Do I have a job tomorrow or not? Or are you sacking me? They told me, I went, yes, we're going to sack you. I went, cool, how much am I getting paid? And, <laughs> and that sounds really blasé. It, I think that's just where I was in my head. You know, cool, if we're going to do it, let's get it done. The woman taking the notes had a little bit of a chuckle to herself. You know, oh, I'm not sure this bloke gets what's going on. Um, <laughs> looking back. And I think it, it was just where I was, you know. I've been through so much by that point with divorce, leaving the kids, moving, sort of uprooting, obviously previous sacking, the job not working out. I'm not really knowing where I was going. It was just like, do you know what? This is just something else that's going to kick me at the moment. And I can either do one or two things and I can roll with it and just trust that something's going to work out or I can just rage and vent. And that's not going to do anyone any good, certainly not me, because I tried that a few years it doesn't work so i think it just was that do you know what fine let's just get it done then i can just get it out of the way and move on if i'm honest it was massively embarrassing telling people especially the people i was living with because i was living in a shared house at the time so it's like yeah i got sacked again today uh, which is never a great one yeah i can imagine they all start thinking who's contra- who's covering his weight his part <laughs> yeah, exactly everyone start hiding food and- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was just a bizarre situation. And I, the only way I can look back at it and think is I had to handle it that way because the only other way I could have handled it was just by blowing up and that just wasn't the choice. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I can, I can appreciate that because obviously if you've been going through a lot, you're probably at the end of your tether in terms of, hey, what else can you do to me at this point? It is what it is. Pretty much. It was whatever you want to throw at me, do you know what? Doesn't matter anymore. I've done enough, been through enough. Just let's just get it over with and move on. So at that point it's that's an L to you. That's a that's a big fat L where it's like, oh, that's a couple of L's straight one after the other. That ain't even Yeah. You know, you, you, you got you're twenty years long in the game, pretty much. You can't hold down a job. People are saying, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give you a go. Yeah, I ain't gonna work, you know, we got to you go left, I go right. That's just nice meeting you. And you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Why is no one? Yeah. Why no one have me around? There was a little bit of that. And obviously then to have that on a CV and start applying for other jobs. Yeah. That's hard. That's really hard. So not just conversation with your friends, family. It's yeah. also on your CV where you've got to try and not, 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 not. You basically have to dress it up in a certain way and make sure you don't misspeak when you say things like it has a positive spin on it but you're thinking this is pretty much two years of my career that i've got to explain yeah. while i've gone from one to another in unexplained time parting ways doesn't really cut it on a cv does it we decided to part ways 
Why? <laughs> personal reason. For personal reasons. They thought I was rubbish and I didn't enjoy it. But there you go. <laughs> so you can't write that sort of stuff on TV and LinkedIn, it really doesn't work. So, you know. Not at all. So, yeah, it was a massive loss. And I really didn't know how to take it, if I'm honest. I just spent, so I spent a couple of days after just scratching my head thinking, well, well what am I going to do? Yeah. Because. I'd had management roles before and they'd gone really well. So then to have two sort of quite big management roles and them go massively sour yeah, was, hang on, maybe I'd not cut out for this. Maybe the trade has moved on. Maybe I've moved on. What do I do? So, and that's when I started looking at other careers and, okay, I know certain things that I can do and maybe it's time for a shift. What what, what did you get from it? So if it, if, if those were L's, at that time, what would you call it now, being where you are? Because what's, what's changed for you? What, what came from that? So what came from that was I started to look at other jobs outside the industry. And what I realized was by looking at other jobs that actually I had a lot of, a lot of key skills that a lot of people would like or could use. But actually the one thing that I really wanted to do, and I'd had a thought, I'd I actually made a plan about 10 years earlier um, to start my own business. And I was encouraged just to relook at it. And, and actually, I relooked at it and thought, you know what, this is going to work. I'd always believed it was going to work. There was just, at the time, I didn't have that backing of someone going, do you know what, you can do this, it's fine. And I did at that point, yeah. um, which I'm truly grateful for, because without that, I just wouldn't have bothered. So I started my business and within within months, within six months, I was so busy, I ended up thinking, right, well, this is just growing, so I need more people. And it just hasn't stopped, if I'm honest. And that's still, and that's still within the print, printing industry? Yeah. So that's now dealing with all the people who at certain points sacked me, didn't believe in me. Randomly, I've been able to walk through all those doors again and go, cool, this is who we are, this is what we do. You will use us at some point. And they have. That's amazing. So, yeah. Uh, to turn it around into a massive win and to be able to actually live the life that I want to, fully self-funded, fully looking after everything myself. Do you know what? That's massive. And But at no point during that period of time did you think this was going to be opportunity a potential lifestyle for you going forward no certainly the second sacking was just a real kick in you know i'm done i don't know what to do and it was just a few yeah a few days few weeks of conversations around okay what should i do what shouldn't i do and i think one of the things that saved me actually was having a really good reputation within the trade yeah and then i got a couple of phone calls you know, oh, what are you doing? And when I said, oh, I'm going to start my own business, everyone was like, cool, we'll come and work with us. We want to use you. So it sort of opened doors. But yeah, from the moment of walking out, knowing I was sacked again was just, say, it was probably, it was definitely the lowest work point I've ever had. And I didn't really see, when I walked out that day, I didn't see a way out of that at all. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self at the, peak of despair that you was in when you was handed that L just 
trust yourself. Trust what you know, trust in your knowledge, and trust in the belief that wherever you are, things do turn around. But you have to believe in yourself. And that's a really hard thing to do at that point, personally. Because everything's pointing to you. Everyone is pointing at you saying, you can't do this. So actually, just that little bit of self-belief to to know that you have something to offer, to know what you can produce and you can give to other people is massive. So that would be it. Just trust yourself. Right, so as we move on to your second L you'd like to discuss, and this is interesting because this is plural again, relationships, not one. I don't do things in ones, Matt. <laughs> With you, it doesn't rain, it pours. <laughs> so what relationships are we talking about here? We're talking about platonic, we're talking about romantic. Well, clearly we know work relationships have been an issue with you in the past, but, yeah. you know, how's this working? Thanks, Matt. That made me feel great. Oh, my God, I'm on problem with relationships. Um, <laughs> so what I think relationships comes to mind because, and this is something I've been thinking about recently, so we'll view relationships as, you know, the person that is closest to you, so, you know, your partner or whatever. But actually... One of the biggest things we have to deal with in life, full stop, is relationships. That doesn't necessarily mean your wife, your partner, whatever. You know, this is me and you having a relationship and how we interact with each other. And, you know, you have every day as a business owner, as a dad, as just a semi-normal bloke who does stupid runs, we all have relationships. And we sort of discount them as normal relationships, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yes, you have your family relationships, your partners, your your work relationships. And obviously there's lots of wins in there, but there's also lots of losses because, you know, relationships come and go sometimes. Family members can come and go. Even friends, you know, we've all had friends. Oh, I haven't spoken to that mate for ages. Yeah. You know, and in a way that's its own little loss because – a lot of people that come across your life are really good people at that time. So I think there's lots of little L's in there. And yeah, definitely a few big ones from from relationships and close relationship point of views. So which relationships have you encountered where at the time they felt like a loss, but then later on they were something was gained from it? Um <clears throat> well the biggest one has to be getting divorced because no one gets married to get divorced it just doesn't even enter your head when i got married there was no way in in anywhere in my mind that it was going to end in divorce that just wasn't on the cards in a you know we both were in a great place we both getting married for the right reasons and actually it just felt like it felt like it was meant to be it was all a little bit bizarre, but it was sort of meant to be in a cool. Actually, we just get on so well. So having kids, getting married, for that to then end in divorce, 
and the way it did, there was, there was absolutely nothing in that at any point you would class as a win. There was, you know, there's, it is the most painful thing I've probably been through. And you're splitting up. You're, you're making a decision to basically end something that you've taken years to build. Not only have you taken years to build it, but you've added to it. So that, there is no winners in divorce at all, as far as I'm concerned. There's no one who comes out and goes, yay, that was brilliant. And I guess the only way that would probably happen is if it was an abusive relationship or something along those lines. I can understand that. But I think that comes much later down the line with the realisation and a bit of reflection. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's the hardest one and the biggest one for me. Relationships are formed every day and some of the biggest losses you'll ever know you all have an hour's own relationships. And I sit here now saying that I haven't lost any of my, my, both my parents are still here, so I have no idea how that feels, but that must be huge, especially if you're close to parents. So, yeah, it's... It, it's a diff- it's a difficult one because it does span a lot of things. And did you lose any friends through that divorce as well? I lost all of my friends through that divorce. Yeah, yeah. Because because at that stage, you know, we'd been married for nine years. Um, we had two children, so a lot of our friends were, you know, friends that you pick up from NCT classes, or you know, you're you're in hospital with them, or you see them at scans and things like that. So a lot of our friends, and a lot of our friends we've grown up with, so, you know, you, you get to that age where all your mates get married and then all of you are having kids and things like that. So you grow up around these people. And then to go through that, there is a natural right or wrong. People naturally side with one or the other, or they naturally sort of disperse because it's uncomfortable. You know, I can remember, I can remember one of my, probably my best mate at the time, saying that he couldn't really come out with me because he thought his missus thought I was a bad influence. You know, you think, oh, seriously? You know, I hadn't done anything that was a ba- of a bad influence by that point, but it was just, uh, wow, am I, A, a bit, am I really that person? But flipping heck, is this what divorce is going to look like? You know, are we dividing up friends and, you know, counting on... Pff, it's just weird yeah it's just bizarre and i do get it but it's but it's hard to be involved in that really hard to be involved in that it it just sounds so scary that i guess when you think you know what your reality is obviously you're losing friendships or not just friendships but you're losing that relationship and you're being told that someone thinks you're a bad influence and then they kind of i guess at least for me i then think if you think i'm a bad influence how long has this been going on for is it just a now thing you think I'm a bad influence or this has been something that's going on for a while and you it's just come to the fore? Like, what's going on? It, it, that one was a bizarre one because we've known each other. We've known each other since the birth of our kids because that's how we met. We all became really close. 
kids are all the same age, pretty much similar birthdays. And it was just, it was just as if someone had said, right, pick a side, and that's it. And once you pick a side, you can't go back. And yeah, to be on the side where no one wants to talk to you wasn't great, uh, if I'm honest. You know, so say divorce is hard enough as it is without what you consider as your friends to then sort of blank you in that way. Uh, it's not something I want to grudge about. It's, it is what it is. So I completely understand it. And it's a strange one because, yeah, there are no winners from that scenario. But there are points where you do obviously come out the other side and therefore, you know, if you've got divorced, there's obviously a reason why. So at some point, you know, you do end up winning, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. But then I'm thinking at the time, it sounds from what you said, wasn't a pleasant experience. One that I can clearly see and hear that it's still hard to relive. But that being the L that, you know, you entered into a relationship with no intention of it ending outside of death and having to part ways and having your friends, like you said, disperse because they don't want to, it's too awkward, it's uncomfortable or just picking a side. What was, what was, what is it you got from that outside of an L then? <laughs> That's a good question. When did I get out of it? I actually got loads out of it because I think one of the things you do is, or certainly I did, is that I learned about myself. I learned about myself. I learned about my friends. I learned about, yeah, I had close bonds with the kids anyway, but I think that made us even closer. And actually, possibly the biggest win is, again, life doesn't stop. Because you make a certain choice or because a certain choice is made for you, it doesn't mean that you just roll over and stop. And, and that's it, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing is, from a personal point of view, it's strength. You know, it sort of gives you a bit of a, right, are you strong enough to deal with this or not? And you have to make a bit of a choice. And actually what it proved was not only was I strong enough to deal with it, but actually I was prepared to put myself back in that situation and I'm cool, I'm not going to write relationships off, I'm not going to be, I don't, this sounds weird, but on when you have to fill in forms now, it asks if you're divorced and I don't put divorced because I think it's irrelevant. But that's sort of, that's a bit of a, yeah, I have been divorced, blimey, but that's not where I am now. Yeah, it's not what you identify with. That's... Yeah, so, you know, why would you put something that's a real negative as, as your identity? It doesn't make sense. But I just think, if anything, it's shown me how much strength you can have, how much courage you can have, and and actually that uh, this might be slightly controversial, but there are lots of incredible people out there and they can all bring things to your life. And that's not saying that I got it wrong. I certainly didn't get it wrong. 
and there were mistakes made along the way. But I'm still sat here now and, you know, I've had a great life. And actually, most of the reasons why I've had a great life is because of some of the relationships along the way. You know, if I hadn't met their mum and we hadn't got married, I wouldn't have my two kids. You know, so regardless of how you look at the divorce, that's a massive win. Amazingly true. Yeah. You know, we actually get on quite well now. So again, you know, we've actually turned that situation on its head. So again, you know, which is a great thing. I say I've had other relationships since and they've been incredible. So because you learn stuff. So the only hour I'd get out of that one is learning. Yeah. Which is really good. And at the at the height or peak, if you want to use that word, of when things were feeling like they were just falling by the wayside in terms of relationships, what would you tell yourself now if you could go back in time just to sort of encourage yourself? What would you tell yourself? Um, man, that's a tricky one. I don't know, because there's a few answers to that. So one, uh, it's going to sound a bit boring, but the biggest one, again, is trust. You know, you have to trust yourself in these situations and just believe that it is going to work out and there is a reason why it's going to work out. And I'm a great believer in life sort of working for you and having a bit of a path. And I'm quite sort of emotionally attached that way. You know, I am a bit spiritual. And I do believe that certain things happen at certain times for certain reasons. And I think that's been the biggest one that's probably kept me going. So having that belief and having that strength to go, okay, this isn't where I want to be. You know, mistakes have been made, being open and honest enough to say mistakes have been made and actually learning from them. Is it a case of, yes, the relationships are not what you'd like them to be, but you've le- you'll learn something from it? Yeah. Trust yourself, believe in yourself. The pe- only people you can rely on at in this instance is yourself. Do what you can, and then eventually you'll be mindful that people have the capacity to do what you just experienced in the past. Yeah. But if it does happen again, it don't take it personal. It is people have the right to be that way. I was going to say something because I think you mentioned something where I thought it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but you used to talk about having some amazing people in your life. Yeah. And it's something that kind of stuck with me. And it's the fact that there's always a villain in someone's story. Always. No matter how, no matter how good you are. And if we use the analogy of say Batman versus Superman, dumbest movie ever. It, that movie has this, I'm sorry, I'm going to do a spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it. Start. I haven't seen it. And I can't even watch it. So. It's it's just dumb. But for anyone that is listening that might want to watch it and haven't watched it, don't watch it. However, this, the preface of it is the fact that Superman was saving everyone when he was doing his Superman movie, whichever one that was. And Batman got upset and was aggrieved at the destruction that was happening while Superman was saving the planet. So Superman's a hero in many people's eyes. But to the people on Ground Zero he was a villain because he was causing chaos and destruction and havoc galore. So so that, as an analogy, just proves that no matter how well your intentions may be, to somebody, you could be a villain. Even if you did everything right, it would still be wrong to them or offensive to them. 
And I guess it's just something we've all got to learn that I ain't going to be right 100% of the time. So let me just take the ones that I'm going to be right and the ones I'm wrong, hold my hands up and I keep it moving. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's, I think that's a huge one actually in a hold your hands up, be open. The biggest one I would say is communicate and just move on, you know, and that's going to happen with, as I say, friends, family, everyone around you, because everyone will always make up their own story and you're the one who has to live with it. So, you know, as I say, you know, I hate to help out, but you have to just trust that what you're doing is for the right reasons and the right scenario is going to come come of that. Even if it feels like at the time, man, the world's ending and you have no idea where it's going. You have to believe that there is a a bigger purpose or a reason why, and it's just a case of figuring out why. Sounds positive, and I really like that. And I greatly appreciate you sharing because it is hard to sort of relive certain stuff, but I sort of maintain the idea that, and I haven't looked through the internet to find internet, internet to see if other people have done stuff like this, but I think it's important that those of us that have experienced things, that we share what we've gone through, how we felt all the time, and what we learned from it because there's going to be times where you're in the thick of it and you just can't see the forest from the trees you're just there and i know people ask me for help and i'm so black and white when it comes to the answers because i can see it yeah but when i'm in it i am just so ravaged with emotions that i cannot my head is just not allowed to get involved it cannot process what's going on because my heart is just feeling so many different things at the same time that my head's just like I can't, it's, this is too dense. I can't process this accordingly. And that's and that's where I think if we can just have a series of conversations with people that are willing to share their stories like yourself, talk about how it was, talk about how they felt at the height of it. And then looking back, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? Because this is what came out of it. I think that will just add a bit more positivity into the world and just help people to know that a lot of the time you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. It's life. It's what it is. But just know when you're down, there's an upcoming. You just need to kind of keep going. You'll get there. Yeah. There's definitely peaks and troughs of life. And yeah, enjoy the peaks. Try and ride out the troughs. And hopefully it's a fairly smooth ride along the way. And I think if you can be I mentioned communication. I think if you can communicate openly and clearly along the way, then then I think you'll do all right. I definitely know that's one I struggled with at points, and it's one I'll always keep working on. But, yeah, I think if you can communicate, be true to yourself, and be open with yourself, then I think you'll be all right. No, that sounds fantastic. Well, thank you very much. So for those people that are interested and would like to get in contact with you, how where can they get in contact with you? And what you got going on? This is a time to selfishly plug yourself, my friend. <laughs> oh, good. It's that time that I awfully just messed this up. Yeah, so... Ian's on Tinder. At... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Right. Ian will never be on Tinder or any other dating app. I just want to point out, so please don't look. Uh... Uh, and trust me, that I'm not sure that's a world you want to get into. Um, <laughs> so I am on Instagram. I don't do dates for Instagram, so forget all that. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm on Instagram at Ian Dole 73 
I am on Twitter with the same handle, but I don't use Twitter much, so probably best not. And now I am on Facebook as well. All my profiles are open. If people do want to contact me for whatever reason, then that's fine. But and did you write a chapter in a particular book by at all? And I have I have written a chapter in a particular book. So I did write a chapter for the book We Are Dad, published through Music Football Fatherhood, which I'm very proud of. So yes, and you can find me on their website as well. So www.wearedad co.uk i believe spot on thank you very much remembered it oh much appreciated well thank you very much for your time i think it's just important to know that through the ups and downs that we have in life it's always important to know that not every l is a loss because clearly from the conversation we just had that is not the case definitely not definitely not i would add that i am i am possibly at my happiest i have ever been so yeah if going through that lot, plus lots that I've never mentioned, and we haven't got time to talk about, do you know what? If if that's what life throws at you and you can turn out and be happy, then fantastic. Take take them, be grateful for them, understand them, learn, move on. That's beautiful. Thank you very much for your time. Um, to each and every one of you that are listening, thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah just hopefully you took something away from it reach out to Ian if you want to get in touch he's a fantastic guy um, loves his fitness loves just good vibes and you know he's gone through a few bits and I'm, I honestly think if you want to talk to him he'll just get back to you don't know when because he's busy but he'll get back to you at some point always at some point definitely that yeah. no thank you very much and just remember everyone not every L's a loss and you've been listening to the Every L podcast thanks for listening Every hour.